Here's our scripture passage today. We're going to be looking at the first letter of John as we continue to go through this epistle. And we're going to be in 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 to 5 today. But before we read this, let us pause for a moment in prayer. Good and wonderful Father, Lord, the giver of all good things. Lord, we come today before your holy word to hear truth spoken into our hearts and that your guidance and direction would be upon us. Father, we pray your Holy Spirit be upon our hearts and minds that as we read, that as we hear, that we also may understand your good and perfect will for us. Father, bless this holy reading of your holy word and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This is 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. Listen now to the word of the Lord. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the word of the Lord. Let's speak to God. <clears throat> when I was um, taking, I guess, my high school literature classes, and you probably remember this time too, when we taught about stories, about what makes a story, they told us that every story is moved by conflict. That's the heart and soul of every story is a conflict. If you don't have a conflict, you don't really have a story. You just have it's a guy or a girl just sitting around just going about their day. And that's, that's not a fun story to read. Nobody wants to read that story or see that movie. It's, it's conflict that really makes the story interesting and moves the story along. Now, if you really have a good memory and you remember all the way back into your high school literature class, you'll also remember that they taught us that they were, of all the conflicts in every book they're written, there are three central types of conflict. Three conflicts in all literature. First one is man versus man. It's one human being against another or a group of human beings. The second one is man versus nature. Kind of like a human being out there pitting himself against the forces of nature. And the third one is man versus himself. The person fighting his inner demons or wrestling within himself. Every conflict, every story they tell us, every single one that is ever written can be classified into one of these three central types of conflict. Now this week as I was preparing for this, I went and looked up, a, I wanted to make sure that I had the names of the conflicts right because, you know, my memory is not what it used to be. And high school is getting very, very, very distant for me these days. So I went and looked them up, and I was surprised to find that 
there are some schools of thought that are introducing different types of conflict. Not just the old three that we all remembered in school growing up. And some of the others they've introduced, some, some lists have as many as eight different types of conflict. And some of the others are man versus technology, kind of like in the movie uh, The Terminator. There's a man versus society, kind of like a lot of those uh, movies we get where someone's fighting against a social ill. And then there's man versus the supernatural. Those are movies like uh, The Exorcist, or these, uh, when you fight a supernatural enemy. Now, your purists will probably say that they could probably boil all those conflicts back down to those central three. They don't believe in all these other six, seven, eight types of conflict. But I would like to introduce my own kind of conflict, a different kind of conflict that I didn't see listed in any of the lists talking about the different types of conflict in literature. The one I would like to propose is man versus the world. Man versus the world. Now, I don't want you to get confused that I'm talking about man versus society. It's not that kind of conflict. When I say man versus the world, I don't mean the world. I mean the world. And I know you're glad I cleared that up for you. You know exactly what I mean. Now, now what I mean by the world is what is meant a lot of times when the New Testament uses the word the world. And especially when John in his epistle talks about the world, talks about us being in conflict with the world. And what they mean by the world is they mean everything that is in rebellion against God. We talked about this a few weeks ago, and you probably remember, everything that is in rebellion against God is what John calls the world, what the New Testament calls the world. The people, the institution, the ideas, the religions, the philosophies, the lifestyles, the politics that are all in rebellion against God. Not these things that I just mentioned that work for God and for the will of God, but these things that work against God and these things that work against the will of God. Now, a good question to ask is why would anybody want to work against the will of God? Why would anyone want to work against the will of God, not to mention entire institutions and societies and people? Why would they want to work against the God and be rebellion against their Lord and their King? Well, the reason is they want to be God. That is the desire of the world. The world worships itself as God. And if the world worships itself as God, if the world is those people against God, rebelling against God, all out there trying to make themselves out to be God, if I am out there trying to be God, then I cannot worship another God. It just doesn't work that way. I don't want to worship and believe and, 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 uh, and, and, and serve any God. I want to be God myself. And so the world hates God. Now, you'll notice the world is very tolerant of paganism, very tolerant of the idea of polytheism, that there can be many, many gods out there, because that, that can work. I can work with that. If I'm trying to be God and I want to be God, I can work with the concept that there's lots of gods out there, because I can find a place to fit. But one God? One God? That's very difficult for me to be God if there's only one. Because you're talking about one that made heaven and earth and has the power over life and death. And I know in my heart of hearts that that ain't me. 
So the idea of God is insulting. But as, as, as insulting as the idea of God is to a people who want to be God, that's not near as insulting as the idea of Jesus as the Christ. It's bad enough having one God, but if we can keep him in heaven, and he's far enough away, and he's invisible, and he doesn't talk to us a whole lot, and he won't bother me a whole lot, I can find a way to live with that. But if you're going to try to foist this idea on me that God became man and he walked among us. And this God now was not just distant in heaven, but this God came to be the Emmanuel, the God with us. And this God had a face and he had a voice and he walked with people and he had a life and he had a death. That, that I cannot tolerate. That destroys the very fabric of the idea that I can be God myself because God has already been here and he's already walked on this earth and we know him as the Christ. That's what I mean by the world. That's what the New Testament means by the world. And this is a world that we are in conflict with us, with, and they're in conflict with us because this is the world that wants us to lose our faith. And the goal, the primary objective of this world is for you to stop believing in Jesus as the Christ. It's to eradicate and wipe out that, face, that faith from the face of the earth. Because this idea of Jesus as the Christ is messing up what the world is trying to do. They're trying real hard to be God. And that's not easy to do when you're not God. When you're a fallible, mortal human being and we cannot have this idea of Jesus as God coming and messing up what we're trying to work at. This is the work of the Antichrist. To destroy our faith in Jesus. This is the conflict I'm talking about. Man versus the world. Or maybe I should call it the church versus the world. Or even the saints versus the world. Now last week we talked a little bit about how God has equipped us for the battles of life. And one of the things he has given us to face our battles with the world is an unbreakable shield. It's an unbreakable shield that is made up of his love for us. And as much as we believe that God dwells in us, and because he dwells in us, his love dwells in us, then fear does not have power over us. And fear is the greatest weapon of the enemy. It is the greatest weapon of the world. But he has given us this shield that is his love that destroys fear completely. And the more confident we are in that love, the less fear rules over in our life. But a shield's a defensive weapon. Right? God is calling us out to an offensive battle, not just a defensive fight. We're not just here just to hunker down and wait for the world to pass us over. He's actually given us off an offensive weapon, and it's a wonderful one. And I try to think of what kind of analogy can describe in any physical terms this weapon that God has given us. And the best that I could come up with, and this is because I'm a lover of fantasy, by the way, is a magic sword. God has given each and every one of us a magic sword. I mean, think about it for a minute. Every hero gets a magic sword. 
Every hero gets some kind of weapon that he can now take to overcome the enemy that he faces. And we are facing an enemy known as the world, and God has given us a weapon that can overcome the world. God has given us a weapon that can overcome the world, that can destroy any monster that the world can throw at us, the zombies, the vampires, the werewolves, the ogres, even the dragons. In fact, this weapon is especially good at killing dragons. The weapon that God has given us is our faith. The weapon that God has given us to overcome the world is our faith. And you may notice that this is the very thing that the enemy is trying to destroy. And he's doing it for good reason. The enemy knows exactly what he's doing. He knows how powerful your faith is. He knows how strong it is. He knows your faith is the one weapon that can destroy him. So the best thing for him to do is to undermine that which can destroy him. Because your enemy knows how powerful your faith really is. This is what John tells us, verse 1 of the passage we read today. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ, has been born of God. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves also whoever has been born of Him. What John is talking about here is the concept of being born again. That when we accept Christ as our Savior, that when we accept Christ as our Lord, we become a new creation. The old creation is dead. And we become a new creation in Christ Jesus. The first time that we were born, we were born in the world. And we were born under the power of the world because we were born under the power of sin and death. But as Paul tells us in Galatians, Christ took us out of the world of darkness, out of the kingdom of darkness, and he put us into the kingdom of his son, Jesus Christ, which is the kingdom of light. So when we became Christians... When we took Christ upon our own, we were taken out of the authority of the world and we were now put under the authority of the kingdom of God and of Jesus Christ. And when we were called to that, we were called to a new way of life. We were called to abandon the old way of life and the old way of living by the world and now live for the way of Jesus Christ, which means following the commands of God, the foremost among them, is that we love one another. The greatest commands that God has given us are all summed up in the word love. To first of all, love him above all else and to love our neighbor and to love each other as we love ourselves. And this is in direct conflict with the way the world lives. Because the way of the world is self-love. The way of the world is love me, talk about me, give me, look at me. If you don't believe me, just go on social media for about, I don't know, five seconds. And you'll see that is the way of the world. It's the way of Christ is to love one another. And you should see how these conflict, how you can't live both ways. You can't obey God and obey the flesh at the same time. Those ways are in conflict with each other. You can't love yourself above anything else and love God above anything else at the same time. You can't love yourself above all else and even find it to love another person in a genuine way. See, when we decide to live for Christ, we are now born of the Spirit. 
And being born of the Spirit puts us in direct conflict with the world. Because your confession, your belief in Jesus as the Christ is an insult to everything that the world is trying to do. The very fact that you have faith in Jesus Christ is a threat to everything that the world is trying to do. And you've got to admit the world's a pretty big place. The world is a pretty big place. The world is a pretty powerful place. In fact, you could say they have it all, at least all that we can see. And if you are a threat to the world, you can believe they will come after you. But what John reminds us today is as big and powerful as the world is, it is your destiny to overcome the world. You've been marked, all of you, marked by Jesus Christ and have given a destiny that now it is your purpose in life now to overcome the world. This is what he says in uh, verse 4. He says, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. Everybody, everyone born of God, which is everyone who confesses Jesus as the Christ, everyone who has done that overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, he goes on to say. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. He says, who else? Who else has done this? Who else has overcome the world except for the one that has confessed Jesus as the Christ? Everyone that is born of God will overcome the world. It's a given. It's your destiny. It will not be denied. And this is the victory that he has given you. It's our faith. It's our faith that overcomes the world. And not, and not faith in yourself. It's not believe in yourself. That doesn't overcome the world. That is the way of the world. It's faith in Jesus Christ and faith in Jesus as the Christ. And for so many of us, it's become a part of our life that we have forgotten and we fail to realize how powerful this is. How powerful this confession of faith really is. To, to, to describe, to just to give you a little hint about how strong it is, in, in Reve, the book of Revelation, which is the last book of the Bible, and as you probably know, this is the book about the end of the world, how the world, how this age is going to come to an end and the new age is going to begin. In Revelation chapter 12, there is a great battle in heaven. It's, it's a battle of Satan against Michael and his archangels. And you have this huge war in heaven, Satan on his angels on one side and, and Michael and his angels on another. And Michael and his angels, they, they, they conquer Satan and they cast him out of heaven. And when we read this, we all assume, you know, understandably, that, that, that Michael was the one that conquered Satan. But that's not entirely true. Let me tell you what it says here. This is Revelation 12, chapter 10 and 11. I mean, verse 10 and 11. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of, God, of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers, which is Satan, has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they, which is the saints, they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives even unto death. Did you notice how Satan gets conquered? Not just Michael and his angels. It was the saints. 
It was us. And it says, we conquered by the blood of the Lamb and by the testimony of the Word. And that's our faith. Faith in the blood of Jesus Christ and by the testimony of the good news of salvation He has put in our hearts. That is what conquers Satan in the end. And that's what cast him out of heaven. Are you starting to see how powerful this is? Are you starting to realize what a powerful weapon our God has given us? So our faith is what overcomes the incarnation of evil at the very end. This is powerful stuff we're talking about. No wonder the world wants to destroy it. And that's exactly how we overcome the world, by keeping our faith. It's a simple matter, really. Just keep your faith. It's simple, but it's not easy. It's simple because victory is just a matter of faith. Hold, faith, hold fast to your faith in Jesus Christ, and you will overcome the world. There's no doubt about it. There is no contest. You make it to the end of your life, still believing in Jesus Christ, and you win. It's as simple as that. But it's not easy. It's not easy because the world now is going to work from today until the day you die to destroy your faith in Jesus. That is the work of the world. That is the work of the enemy. To destroy your faith in Jesus Christ and the world will throw everything is God at you in order to shake and undermine your faith. It will use fear. It will use lies. It will use temptation. It will even use prosperity to shake your faith in Jesus. But the world will also use poverty. It will use pleasure. It will use wealth. It will use popularity. It will use fame. It will use sickness and distress. It will even use your friends and family. It will use your job. In some places of the world, it has even used the government to try to suppress and destroy your faith in Jesus Christ. It's simple, but it's not easy. It's not easy because the victory doesn't allow us to just sit on our couches and overcome the world. This victory does not allow us to just withdraw from the world, to dig a hole and to hide ourselves until everything passes over us. That's not how we live in faith. Our faith in Christ tells us to go out into the world. It tells us to go out and engage the enemy, not to run from the world, but to go out into the world. That's why Jesus sent his apostles out into the world, not withdrawing from it, but to go out into it. Having faith means believing in the weapons of faith that God has given us. Our faith means not being afraid of the world, but going out and taking the fight to the world. It's knowing and believing and trusting that our faith in Jesus as the Christ conquers the world. You know, every one of us, when we were called, we were made children of God. Being called, we were called out to a new way of life. We were also called into a great conflict. Now I know this, this might seem unfair to a lot of people because maybe you're not the conflict type. 
And there's a lot of people that are like that. They're not the conflict type, not the fighting type. I just want to live my life and to be left alone and just kind of just go do my thing. I'm not going to bother you. You don't bother me. And I'm glad you're like that. I really am. We could use a lot more people like that who just want to live their life and not be bothered by the world. Unfortunately, that's not an option. Unfortunately, if we, don't, if we understand this conflict as it is, there is no one that gets left out of this. There are no bystanders. There's no one that gets to sit on the sideline and watch the conflict go by. This is one that encompasses all of life. Let me put it to you like this. Remember those uh, types of conflict we were talking about? Man versus man, man versus nature, all that. Well, man versus world contains all of those. Because in man versus world, if the, or rather the saints versus the world, we find man versus man conflict because sometimes there are people that arrive in our life that try to undermine our faith. There's also man versus nature in this conflict because we are fighting against the fallen nature of sin and death. There's also some of these new conflicts in there. If it's the saints versus the world, we find there's also some man versus society. There's man versus the supernatural because our enemy is a supernatural enemy. But if you really want to boil this conflict down, this conflict of man versus the world or the saints versus the world, if you really want to boil it down, it's man versus himself. That's what this conflict is about. If you boil it down to the essence of what this is, this is a person against him or herself. This fight I'm talking about is one that takes place in the heart and soul of every man, woman, and child alive. It is a fight that's in here. And this is where it rages the most in our hearts and in our souls. The fight is in us because we are the battlefield. We are also the spoils of war. The only way you can really get away from this fight is to somehow get away from yourself. And as everyone who has ever tried to run from themselves will tell you, there's no way to get away from yourself. There's no place you can run. There's no place you can hide to get away from who you are. There's no greater enemy than the one that we carry inside of us. And what makes this enemy so nasty is this enemy knows all our dirty secrets. He knows all of our weaknesses. And he knows how to hurt us the most. Because this enemy is us. See, that's where faith is so powerful. See, this faith of ours is a weapon that can overcome all enemies, even the enemy within. Because in faith, we stop trusting ourselves and we start trusting God. In faith, we stop loving ourselves and we start loving the one who is love. In faith, we stop believing in ourselves and start believing in the one who made heaven and earth. 
Friends, this is the power that overcomes the world. This is the weapon that has been given to you. So we no longer fear the world. We no longer fear the enemy. Instead, we embrace the destiny that God has given us. To go out and conquer until every knee bows and every tongue confesses Jesus as Lord. To God be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.